Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. thankful and grateful this afternoon we thank you lord for your goodness for your grace for your mercy for your love we thank you lord for giving us even the opportunity to be in your house this afternoon to hear your word we pray lord that you will give us receiving hearts give us hearing ears and give us seeing eyes we pray oh lord that as your word comes forth let it not return to you void, but let it accomplish in each one of us the plan and the purpose for which you send it. We are grateful and thankful in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Clap your hands together for Jesus and you may be seated. Hallelujah. Wonderful. Liz, so I am the pastor. <laughs> I didn't introduce you. I didn't introduce myself to you as such, and I wanted you to feel comfortable coming. That is why. But uh, I am the pastor of the church. Amen. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, um, today, for our feeding 527, the Lord has blessed us with one of Bishop's powerful books, very powerful book, and I think... This is a book that every Christian must have and must read. And so those of you who, you know, every year we have Feeding 527, but you don't even bother to have a copy of the book, I think this book will be a great book to own. It is called How You Can Preach Salvation. How You Can Preach Salvation. And it's written for all of us. Amen. And so today... We are going to begin reading this book. It's a wonderful book, and I just want to quickly give you a layout of the book so that um, you understand the plan and you also devise a good plan to read the book. It's a big book to have, and it's, um, it's, it's wonderful. It's and it's not surprising that if we are going to talk about salvation, it cannot come in any small book. Do you understand? Because there is so much about salvation and all that we are doing and all that we are planning to do and we intend to do is about salvation. Hallelujah. And so it's not surprising that it comes in a big book. But just listen to the layout of the book. You know, it is... In different sections. And in the first section, you are going to hear about the pure message of salvation. Salvation and its purity. Hallelujah. The gospel message of salvation. And once we have the foundation laid out, then the subsequent sections are all different messages of salvation. How to preach salvation in different forms and different shapes. And as I was going through the book, I realized that the whole of the Bible is about salvation. Hallelujah. The the second section, it talks about salvation and the love of God. Now, under this section, it takes it to different messages how salvation can be preached through the love of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The third section, it talks about salvation and the blood of Jesus. And then there are several different forms, different messages that we can share about salvation through the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. And then the next section, the fourth section, it talks about salvation, judgment, and hell. Salvation, judgment, and hell. And 
that talking about judgment and hell, we can say so much about salvation. You can share so much about salvation also. Hallelujah. And the next one, you see, the salvation about judgment and hell, there are several messages, different kinds of messages that we can share about the day of judgment, about life, death, and judgment, why your soul is important, who will go to hell. There's a section in the Bible where it lists the people who are going to hell. And it will be amazing to you to read this list and see who is in the list of the people who are going to hell. It will amaze you to read. You see, as you are reading the book in preparation to share the message of salvation, it also prepares you for heaven. It also makes certain of your own salvation. Hallelujah. The next session talks about salvation and various individuals. How different people encountered Christ and how he shared the message of salvation with them. And these are one-on-one witnessing how Christ shared the message of salvation one-on-one with different people. And these messages will really bless you. Hallelujah. We talk about when Jesus met the woman of Samaria, when he met Nicodemus, Jesus and Zacchaeus, Jesus and the rich fool, and Jesus and Judas Iscariot. Wow. That you can learn about salvation through Jesus' encounter with Judas Iscariot. You never thought so, did you? Then you talk about salvation and the great invitation. Salvation and the great invitation. And then there are messages under that also. Salvation and choices. So the book is listed. You see, if you read these sections, you realize that all the things in the Bible are linked to salvation. You see? They are all linked to salvation. Salvation and new life. Salvation and Jesus Christ. Salvation and Jesus Christ. He said, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that the works of the devil will be destroyed. Salvation and Jesus Christ. Why God gave us Jesus Christ? And there are several messages that you can share from that. Salvation and the kingdom of God. Then salvation and the anointing. Salvation and miracles. Wow. And there are several of these messages. Then salvation from the Old Testament. You didn't think so, right? That the Old Testament talks about salvation. Amen. So it's a book full of messages on salvation. And today we are going to look at section one. Section one, it talks about the pure message of salvation. The pure message of salvation. And I want us to read this opening scripture. It's in First Peter chapter 1 and verse 9. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 9. It says, receiving the end of your faith, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls, of which salvation the prophets inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ, which was in them, did signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. Amen. Amen. Do you understand it? You don't. (laughs) You don't understand it. Well, let us go up a little bit in that scripture so that you understand the context. And then um, I'll try to explain this scripture to you. So this is Peter's letter and he writes to the various churches that were scattered abroad. He says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Britannia. So Peter was writing to these churches. And Peter is writing to us as well. 
He says, elect according to the foreknowledge of God, the Father, through sanctification of the Spirit, unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace unto you and peace be multiplied. This is his greetings to you. He said, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. To, the, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that faded not away, reserved in heaven for you. Do you understand that? Yes. That the faith that you have received is uncorruptible. Amen. It is not here on earth. The purpose of your serving God, the reward is not here, but it is reserved for you. Hallelujah. Amen. And then he says, to an inheritance uncorruptible and undefiled, and that faded not away. Reserved in heaven for you. It will not fade away. If you have given your life to Jesus, if you have given your life to Christ, it will not fade away. It may look as if you come and you go and you come and you go and you are not seeing anything, but a lot is being deposited in you just to maintain you, just to keep you, continue on with the faith, continue to serve God because what is reserved for you will not fade away. Amen. He says, wherein ye greatly rejoice through though, he said, wherein ye greatly rejoice though now for a season if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. We all are. We all are. We receive a lot of heaviness through manifold temptations. Sometimes you feel let down. Sometimes you feel that even God is not with you. Sometimes you commit certain sins. Sometimes you fall from the faith. And you feel very far from God. That is a feeling that you, have, you are feeling. But the love of God, it is without repentance. It is not to change. God's love for you, it was not when you were perfect. God didn't love you because you were perfect. God loved you because you were a sinful man. And he took you out of the miry clay. Amen. And that all of us receive. And all of us experience. Now jump to verse 9. Well, let's continue. Verse 7. It says, the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor, glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. When your faith is tried, it is much more than gold. Do you understand? Or you don't understand the scripture? It is much more than gold. So it says, Whom having not seen, ye love. In whom though, now ye see him not, ye believe, yet believing. Ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Then it says, Receiving the end of your faith. Receiving the end of your faith. It says, You are receiving the goal of your faith. The end of your faith means the goal of your faith. So it says, Receiving the goal of your faith. What is the goal of our faith? It says, even the salvation of your souls. That is the end. That is the goal of our faith. The whole goal of our faith, the whole goal of our work with Christ is the salvation of our souls. Do you understand this first part now? Then he says, of which salvation... This type of salvation, or this salvation we are talking about, it says, of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ which was in them did signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. Amen. So the scripture is saying, it says, even this salvation, this salvation which we are talking about, the end product of your faith, which is the salvation of your soul, it says, the prophets of old, they searched diligently about this. They wanted to know what is this. They inquired and searched diligently. It says, of which of which salvation the prophets have inquired 
The prophets of old, Isaiah, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, and so on and so on, they all were searching. The, the prophets of old prophesied of the grace that should come unto you. You see, they talked about the grace that should come unto you. You see, the Spirit of God manifested in them, and they had a sense of talking about this grace, talking about this salvation, prophesying about this grace, prophesying about this salvation, but they did not understand. He says, searching diligently who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you, searching what or what manner of time. They were searching what manner, when is it coming? Who, through whom is this coming? How is it coming? They, were, they had a revelation, but they did not understand. And this, they searched diligently. They wanted to understand. They, it, could not, it could not occur to them. It, they could not perceive it, how God was going to deliver his, cho- his children. How God was going to bring us salvation. They could not perceive it. And they searched diligently. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you now? He says, Or what manner of time the spirit of Christ which was in them. There was a spirit in them. The spirit of Christ was in them. Did signify and was revealing to them. But what did it signify? What did it signify? When they testified, he said, when it testified, when the spirit testified beforehand, the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. Hallelujah. You see, this is what the prophets were searching about. This is what they wanted to know. You see, now you are sitting here and it makes so much sense to you that Christ came, died for your sins, rose, was buried, rose again, and he ascended into heaven. And it makes so much sense to you. But this was revealed to the prophets of old. And they did not understand. And this they searched diligently. Hallelujah. So, will you agree with me that if this is what the prophets were searching diligently, if this was revealed to the prophets and they were searching diligently for this, then the topic of salvation must form the major topic of all the messages that we share. If what was in them, if God, we're talking about all these prophets and we are talking about all the things that the prophets were revealing, if it was all to do with salvation, then we must make it the major message or the major topic that we all talk about. Isn't that so? Salvation is wonderful. Amen. Say salvation is a miracle. Come to think about it. Salvation is the greatest miracle. You see, some of you wonder, you know, you have never experienced a miracle. You are also waiting for a day that you have a miracle and then you will come and testify of what God has done for you. Salvation, your salvation is the greatest miracle that will ever happen to you. Amen. Amen. It is the greatest miracle that someone who was on your way to perishing, suddenly someone dies for your sins and everything is wiped away. Everything is wiped away. All your sins. All your sins. And there is no sin that is higher or that is greater than above or above the blood of Jesus. Whatever sin you can conceive of, whatever sin you can think of, the blood of Jesus can wipe it away. I say salvation is the greatest miracle. Hallelujah. He says salvation is the greatest transformative miracle of the Holy Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit does a lot of miracles and it transforms, the Holy Spirit can transform Someone who is poor and make you a rich person. The Holy Spirit can transform an unemployed person and make you an employed person. You see, you experience all these transformative miracles of the Holy Spirit. But salvation is the greatest transformative miracle that the Holy Spirit performs on you. Hallelujah. Salvation is the mighty hand of God at work. And salvation is the unbelievable mercy of God in action. You want to receive or you want to experience the unbelievable mercy of God, give your life to Christ. That is the unbelievable mercy of God anyone can experience ever. Hallelujah. 
it's too beautiful and it's too wonderful. It says, demons cannot believe the salvation available to human beings. They can't believe it. They can't understand how that we are on our way to perishing and suddenly we have made a U-turn and this is hell, this is heaven and you have escaped hell as they are welcoming you, as they are enticing you, giving you all kinds of things and all kinds of experiences for you to join them in hell, suddenly you are one day rise up and say, I give my life to Christ and that turns you turns you completely 180 degrees. So they can understand that they look at you gradually approaching hell. Gradually coming to hell. And suddenly, suddenly, one day, maybe somebody just invited you to church. Maybe somebody just met you at the train station. Maybe somebody just met you on the street. And as you were standing there, today I was leading some people to Christ. And I said, you have no idea what you have done for your life today. You have no idea what you have done for your life today. I said, this is the greatest thing that can ever happen to you. And when we meet in heaven, you look at my face and you, you will thank me. I said, you will thank me. I said, you will be so glad that we met here today. You'll be so glad. You'll be happy to give me half of your mansion, but I'll tell you that I have mine also. I don't need yours. And you will say, if I had not met you, if I did not meet you that day, that Sunday, July what? First. If July first, that day I did not meet you. There was one young man. For HIPAA regulations, I will not mention his name. (laughs) Amen. But he will join us one day here. He's coming to visit us. Amen. You see, it is the greatest miracle. Hallelujah. And the demons cannot understand. The demons cannot comprehend. That's as they widen the the gates of heaven. I mean, they open wide the gates of hell. And they are welcoming you. But we are also going out. I say we are going out. We are going out. Giving more surprises to the enemy. Hallelujah. You see, don't be surprised. Don't be surprised that when we call for these kind of meetings and we say we are going out on outreach, we are going to share Christ. And Don't be surprised that you don't come. You see, when you don't come, the enemy is very happy. And I tell you that he will bring so many things to prevent you from coming. Because he's not happy when even you are able to give a track to somebody that the person will one day pick it up and read and give his or her life to Christ. And so don't be surprised. Don't, be, don't think that you have tricked the church. You know, you have tricked us. We did, we, uh, we weren't there, but the pastor didn't see. You know, I wasn't there, but he doesn't know that I was. Don't, don't, be, don't, don't be happy about that. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? It's the enemy who is rejoicing. Is the enemy who is rejoicing. The Satan is filled with even more anger and hatred when people are saved from his captivity and dominion. Satan is filled with wicked jealousy. I don't know jealousy that is also wicked, but wicked jealousy when he sees that human beings are saved from hell. Hallelujah. Hebrews 2 and verse 3. He says, how shall we, how shall we escape if we neglect, if we let go, if we overlook so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. How shall we escape? How, what excuse do we have? I mean, by the grace of God in this church, we talk a lot about salvation. We talk a lot about salvation. There are several messages about salvation. So how shall we escape? If we will look upon this great salvation and neglect it and overlook it and trivialize it and not want to even share with others and not want to talk about it with others. If this great salvation, it is this great salvation that I am seeking to share about in this book. So this book will help anyone who wants to understand our great salvation and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. It will help you as an evangelist to learn many different ways to preach the gospel salvation, the gospel of salvation. It will help crusaders to fearlessly preach 
the power-packed gospel of salvation. Hallelujah. He says, I have been accused of preaching basics. You know, there are so many people who think that the message on salvation is too basic. They feel that the message about salvation that give your life to Christ is for children, Christian children, babies. That if you are a pastor and this is all your message, then you are not really called. You don't have revelation. It says to describe the preaching of the great salvation in a derogatory way is to reveal the unfortunate and embarrassing confusion that is in your soul. Amen. To imply that someone preaches great salvation because he does not have revelation of the Holy Spirit is to reveal that you are spiritually empty. And it's so true. You see, many churches today are filled with people because they hunger after other messages besides salvation. People want to hear about prosperity. People want to hear about marriages. People want to hear about owning homes, owning cars. People want to hear about all kinds of other things except the gospel message. You know, one day there was someone who was um, teaching some young people. The person is not around. He was teaching some young people, and then he was telling the young people, he says, you know, the pastors that are in Lighthouse, you know, they don't have revelation. That is why most of their messages, they preach from the New Testament. But I have revelation. That is why I teach you, and my messages to you are from the Old Testament, and from all the prophets and You see, that is a person who lacks understanding of the message. That is a person who lacks the fundamentals of the gospel message. Do you understand? You see, this is the message that the the prophets of old. You know, briefly, you see, look at um, look at Acts chapter eight, Acts chapter eight, and um, verse twenty-six. Acts chapter 8, it says, quickly, it says, And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise and go towards the south, unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem, unto Gaza, which is desert. And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, an eunuch of great authority, under Cadence, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure, and had come to Jerusalem for to worship. So there was a man who had gone to Jerusalem to worship. He serves God. He follows God. He travels all the way from Ethiopia to Jerusalem to worship. This is someone who is serious about his religion. Now, as he was going home, he says, he was returning and sitting in his chariot, reading Isaiah the prophet. You see, he was reading the book of Isaiah. And then the Bible says, and then the spirit said unto Philip, go near and join thyself to this chariot. Go near. And that is why I'm saying that when the spirit leads you to certain people, it's not by accident. It's not by chance. When you are standing at a place and all the people are passing and there's just that's one person that you happen to speak to and the person stops to talk to you, it is not by chance. It is not an accident. And you don't take that for granted. Do you understand? That is why even when you are giving tracts, and then you see, you just, perhaps you just came and you want to just give tracts. But there's one person that just takes a tract and stands there. It's not by chance. It's not by accident. God wants you to say something to that person. It's not by chance. You see, the, the Bible said, the Spirit said unto Philip, go near and join thyself to this chariot. Go near. You are standing at a junction, and then you felt that going this way felt like crossing the street, but then something made you turn, and as you turn, you meet a person. And the person welcomes you. And you see, God prepares people always. God prepares people to receive the message. God prepares people. Amen. He said, then, he said, and Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah. 
he was reading the book of Isaiah. Philip heard him reading and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? Do you understand what you are reading? Philip asked him, Do you understand this part of the book, the Bible, where you are reading? Do you understand? And look at what he said. How can I accept some man should guide me? How can I accept some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? That someone really stops to talk to you in this busy New York City by a train station where people are running to catch the train and someone stops to talk to you. It's not by chance. I said, God prepares people. And we have the readiness also to share the gospel with such a person. And you don't know, God will reveal to you what to say. He said, you are a witness. Just tell the person that Christ saved you. Christ died for you. Share with the person. Share with the person just as you experienced that you were once a sinner. You have sinned. You have done all kinds of things. We can name some of them right now. All kinds of things. And then you, you, you confess your sins to Christ and you ask him to forgive you. Isn't that what you are supposed to do? And tell him that if you don't do that, the wages of sin is death. You will die and you will go to hell. You cannot say that. Don't you know that? Don't you know that if you have not received Christ and you die, you will go to hell? Yes. Share with the people. So Philip asked him, he says, how can I accept some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. Wow. Wow. He welcomed Philip into his chariot to sit with him. People are hungry for the gospel. It is you who is not sharing, but people are prepared to. You know, there was one guy that I, you know, he gave his life to Christ. He does not look like someone that you would think is ready to receive Christ or even to listen to you. But people are hungry for the gospel. People are hungry for the gospel. Amen. He says, the place of the scripture which he was, which he read was this. Listen, this is the place of the scripture which he read. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter and like a lamp dumped before his shearer, so opened opened he not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away. And who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet this? About whom is the prophet? This is Isaiah 53. He says, of whom speaketh the prophet this? Of himself or of some other man? Is he talking about himself or some other man? You see, this is what the, the scripture we read in Peter, First Peter, is talking about. That the prophet, there was a spirit in them. Prophesying these things. Prophesying that Christ will come. Prophesying that he will, bear, he will bear our transgression. Prophesying that he will die. Prophesying that he will be slaughtered. Prophesying that he will rise. But they did not understand. But when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you become a witness. Amen. Amen. So, then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. At the same scripture. So, if someone is saying, oh, they don't have revelation and they don't, but I talk about, what would you be talking about if you are not talking about salvation? What revelation again? He preached Jesus Christ. And then, and as they went on their way, they came onto a certain water. And the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? Just Philip now sharing with him, he understands baptism. He understands salvation. He understands that he needs to be baptized. And he was reading the same scripture and he was never baptized. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Yes. And he was never baptized. 
So salvation message is a wonderful message. And this is what the prophets of old were searching and asking questions about. Looking to explain this. But they did not. He says, Christians do not understand our great salvation because they are not taught pure salvation teachings. Pastors cannot preach the gospel because they lack the ability to expound on the profound statement of Jesus Christ. How many pastors can speak for one hour on a profound statement like, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Not many pastors can talk about this. Not many. Perhaps one minute and then you can explain the scripture, but you cannot speak on this particular scripture for one hour. Do you understand? Is it teaching the word of God in church is quite different from preaching the pure message of our great salvation. Many Christians understand the principles of prosperity much more than they understand the principles of salvation. Is it not true? Yes. Many Christians understand the principles of prosperity more than they understand about the principles of salvation. Because, and it is us pastors who are not teaching the congregation. But today we are not doing that. I say we repent. Many believers are good at preaching the, gospel, the principles of prosperity, but not so many can preach about pure salvation. Let it be our prayer that through this book, we will understand our great salvation better and become an effective salvation gospel preacher both in church and outside the church. Can I have an amen? amen. Wonderful. First Timothy chapter 1 and verse 11. It says, According to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust, and I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who hath enabled me, for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Amen. As a pastor, if God counts you faithful, if God puts you into the ministry, he has counted you faithful that you will preach the glorious gospel of salvation. That is why Christ called you. As a pastor, that is the reason why you are called. He says, Paul said, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust, to his trust, the glorious gospel was committed to his trust. To be faithful means to be constant, to be loyal, to be the same and not change. That means you will preach the same salvation message all the time. When you are faithful, when you are constant, when you are loyal to Christ, you will not stop preaching about salvation. You will not stop talking about salvation. You will not stop leading people to Christ. You will not stop making altar calls. Every message that you preach, there will be something about salvation. Because that is what you are called to do. To be faithful about this gospel, this glorious gospel of salvation. That is what we are called to do. That is what we are called to share. Amen. To be faithful. Now we ask ourselves, have we been constant with the message of great salvation? Or have you changed the incomparable message of great salvation into a message of financial prosperity? When you turn on the TV, you will very unlikely, very much unlikely to hear about salvation. When a pastor is given the opportunity to speak to a crowd, it will be very unlikely to hear about salvation. Amen. Amen. That is why when one pastor got the opportunity at someone's big wedding, he didn't play. He says, I have you people here. If I don't take this advantage, you may never hear about salvation. And he preached about salvation. Amen. He preached powerfully about salvation. And he delivered himself. You see, the end will come when we have all heard and they will all hear. Everyone will hear. Amen. We were all here. And they had their portion. They received their portion. They were amazed. You know what I'm talking about, right? So we must be faithful with the glorious gospel that we have been given to preach. Hallelujah. Many pastors are not faithful with the glorious gospel of our great salvation. The message of prosperity is a good message, but cannot be compared with the message of our salvation. 
He says, Jesus Christ did not die on the cross to make people rich. That is not the reason why Christ died. Sister Maggie, the reason why Christ died is not so that we'll be rich. It's not so that your, your children will be married and they will finish school. That is not the reason why Christ died. The reason why Christ died is not so that you will finish school and you have a job. Many of you, many of you will not marry before Christ comes. So maybe hurry up and marry. Because, because Christ's coming will not depend on that you are married, you are finished, and you have had your children, and so Christ is coming. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? So it is wrong for you to even be angry and say, I'm not coming to the church anymore because I have been in the church for a while now and nobody has proposed to me. Nobody has proposed to you. And so you are not coming to church. Oh, someone told me that I've been in a church for a while, but I realized that the guys here are not interested in me, so I'm going to another church. Oh, somebody told me that. So the reason why I came was to find a good Christian man. But it looks like the guys are not looking at my way. This is not the reason why Christ came. He came to this world to save us from our sins. He says, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. This is the reason why Jesus came. Hallelujah. No matter how you spin the Bible around, you cannot change the pivotal message of the Bible. You cannot change the message of salvation into a message of how to become rich or how to prosper, or how to get a good job. That is not the gospel message. Amen. It says, however, the fact that prosperity is true does not make the central theme of the Bible or the central message of Jesus Christ be a message about prosperity. Do you understand? Many people are attracted to churches where we preach about prosperity. Many people are attracted to churches where we preach or we teach about worldly belongings, acquiring worldly things. That is what many people are interested in. But the main message of the Bible is the salvation message. So it says, stop over magnifying the fact of God's prosperity. You see, God won't cause you to be prosperous. God, you will not serve God and be poor. Do you understand? David said, I've been young and I've been old. And I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Nor his seed begging bread. God, you, God will make provision for you. Oh, yeah. If you serve God, he will make provision for you. If you serve God, he will cause you to prosper. If you, he said, the Bible says that he, God, he can take people and put them down and set you up. That means that God can let somebody lose their job so that you'll be hired. As a child. It's not difficult for God. He drove some people from their land and then he gave the land to his people. Oh, you don't know. God can do all of that for you. Amen. Amen. He has good plans for you. He said he has plans concerning you. Plans of peace and not of evil. Hallelujah. God will never make you hungry and, and poor. But there is one thing that is paramount to him. I said there is one thing that is paramount to him. And that he says he wants you to first have that. Have that. Have that. He says your heavenly father knoweth that you have need of these things. Give me that scripture. In Matthew 6. In 33. Look at that. He says, for after all these things do the Gentiles seek after all these things, marriages, cars, houses, jobs, career, degrees, these are what unbelievers, the Gentiles signify unbelievers. It says, after all these things, do they seek? They seek after all these things. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things also. 
Your heavenly father knows that you also need a job. He knows that you also need a house. He knows that you also need a car. He knows that you also need promotion. Your heavenly father knows that you need a degree also. He knows that. You think God does not know your needs? You think God does not... Do you think God expects you to go out naked? Your heavenly father knows that you also have taste. You also have need of nice clothes. You also, have, you also know names of things. Your heavenly father knows. Your heavenly father knows that you also think of designer things. He knows that. Don't, t- don't tell me that you are a Christian so you don't think about nice designer things. And Your heavenly father, he knows. He knows that you also think of these things. Your heavenly father knows that you like Mercedes Benz. He knows that you want to drive a nice car. Your heavenly father knows that you like a Range Rover. You think it's in your head it's a Christian. Oh, I'm not um I'm not worldly. I don't um I don't I'm not, I don't think of these these nice flashy cars and all these things, nice shoes and nice clothes, nice shoes. What are some of the names of the shoes that the women are wearing? They don't oh. Louis Vuitton. Your heavenly father knows that you can also wear Louis Vuitton. Your heavenly father knows that what is Ferragamo? Your heavenly father knows that. Jimmy Choo. You see, there are things like that. And your heavenly father knows that you like Jimmy Choo shoes. He says, for your heavenly father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. The things that the unbelievers are looking for, your heavenly father knows that you also have need of these things. Your heavenly father knows that it is nice when you also have this. Your heavenly father knows that it is nice when you have Brazilian hair. Your heavenly father knows that this your hair, you don't you are not happy about that. He knows. He said, your heavenly father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. Ye, you, you have need of all these things. Nice apartment, nice car, nice family. Ni- your heavenly father knows that you want to eat at nice places. Does that look like a poor person? That does look like a God who does not care about you. He says, he knows that you have need of these things. But then look. He says, but you. Seek ye first. He said, you seek ye first the kingdom of God. You seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then what will happen? All these things, all these things, the things that the unbelievers are looking for, the things that they are searching for, prosperity, nice shoes, nice clothes, beautiful things, beautiful homes, all these things, he will be added, added, added to you. When you first find his kingdom and his righteousness. That is a paramount thing. That is a primary thing. He says, when you have that, when you find that, don't worry about the other things. They are added. They are added. It must be something there to add to it. And it's the kingdom of God. Let us be our heart to search for the kingdom. To seek after the kingdom and its righteousness. And all these other things, they will be added to us. Put your hands together for the Lord. And stand to your feet. Let us bring the service to a close. Oh, the pure salvation message. Pure salvation. That our hearts will search for the pure salvation. Pure messages of salvation. The pure gospel. Unadulterated. The pure gospel. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you. In the name of Jesus. Grateful and grateful this afternoon. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for this love that you have shown us. We thank you, O God, that you love us so much that you gave us your only begotten son. How grateful we are. Lord, help us not to neglect this great salvation. Help us not to belittle this great salvation. Help us, oh God, not to overlook this great miracle that you have wrought in our lives. The miracle of salvation. This afternoon, Lord, we are saying we are grateful. We are thankful 
that just as we are we came and you have received us we give you glory and we give you honor in the name of jesus if there's anyone here this afternoon with all eyes closed every head bow you are not born again you have not given your life to christ today is your chance beloved there is heaven and there is hell if you are not born again and you die you will go to hell it is not debatable it is not dependent on whether you believe it or not if you die in your sins you will go to hell but this afternoon you are given the great opportunity this wonderful opportunity that your life will be turned 180 degrees if you will give your life to Christ if you will come to Jesus if you will receive Jesus Christ into your life it doesn't matter what you have done in your life it doesn't matter what sin you have committed it doesn't matter how far you have gone away from God sometimes we feel very far from Christ there were ones that we were walking so close with him but today you are here and you feel very far from Christ there are certain sins that have beset you and you feel that you are very far if you are here you are saying pastor pray with me I want to give my life to Christ I want to rededicate my life to Christ I want to come back to Christ I want to welcome Jesus Christ back into my life I want to welcome Jesus into my life if that is your prayer if you are praying you are saying pastor pray with me I want to receive Jesus wherever you are just lift up your right hand and I will pray with you with all eyes closed and every head bowed just lift up your right hand and say pastor pray with me I want to give my life to Jesus I want to welcome Jesus Christ into my life is that your prayer then lift up your hand and I'll pray with you is there anyone here like that anyone here like that you say I want to be born again I want to receive Jesus Christ as my savior if that is you lift up your hand and I'll pray with you is there anyone here like that oh Jesus why don't you all join me and say this prayer and say this after me say Lord Jesus thank you for dying for me I have sinned against you Lord Jesus I am not worthy to be called your child but this afternoon I come to you with a heart full of repentance please forgive me of my sins please wash away my sins I believe you are the son of God I believe you died for my sins I believe you rose again from the th- on the third day Lord Jesus please write my name in the book of life you are my Lord you are my master you are my savior from today I will serve you all the days of my life thank you Jesus for saving me in Jesus name Amen Hallelujah. Clap your hands together for the Lord. We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci dot b r o n x at gmail dot com